it's Sunday, it's 7 o'clock, and time for the Scots Whee Show. What about the time you were counting as an end for a goer's soft as your face as I count in minutes the hours descend I just want to know what civics brought you over that place for every word you speak is tongue in cheek and tongue in cheek is tongue out of place for I go And that was The Soup Dragons and As Soft As Your Face from their 1988 album, This Is Our Art. And I think that may be the first Soup Dragon song I ever heard, possibly on the dance floor of Fury Murray's in Glasgow. Hello and welcome to the Scots Way Show. 
My name is Ali Braidwood and over the next couple of hours I'll be playing you the very best Scottish music as the week draws to a close. Most will be brand new releases but there's also room for a few older tracks as well. There's also all of our regular features. Our artist of the week is Snows of Yesteryear who I'll be talking to as well as playing tracks from their eponymous album which is out now. The featured album is Hamish Hawk's Angel Numbers, and I'll play tracks from that in each hour of the show. And we have book, TV, podcast, and gig suggestions for you to ponder. But we always kick off with three of the best new releases, and this week we begin with Ruby Gaines and Holier Than Cows. Don't worry How 
three superb new releases in a row there, starting with Ruby Gaines and Holier Than Cows. And Ruby is going to be an artist of the week on the show in a couple of weeks, so look out for that. And then you heard Conscious Root featuring Wens and Galactic, produced by drum and bass producer Coben. And that's just a fantastic track. I'm big fans of Conscious Root on the Scots Way Show, but that just may be the best one yet. Fantastic vocals from Wens as well. And just there, you hear St. Clements and Falling. That's a classic summer song with a classic summer video to go with it, which if you want to brighten your day, you should go and check it out. It's over on YouTube at the moment. And we always say on this show how healthy the state of Scottish music is at the moment, and I think those three highlight that brilliantly. As does this next one. This is another new release, or at least it came out just recently. This is Disco Mary and Nova and The Once and Future Me. Myself on an average day Got a bag full of cabbage and I'm out to play Got a mind so savage, what can keep me tame? For all the wins and losses, got myself to blame When I look outside, don't know where I'm going If I keep my pride, I'ma keep on showing them See my hair, I keep on growing it And when I spray, I'ma keep on hosing them I'll give you all my thoughts for free Try and see through the glass It's inky If you can't see I'll cut you off succinctly No, I won't kiss the ring on your pinky Cause if little piggy be looking Itty bitty white so prissy Say you miss me In the next breath backhanded You diss me
that was Disco Mary and former Scottish Album of the Year award winner Nova and the new single The Once and Future Me. And the band themselves see it's a song which sees them pushing their sound forward with an edgier, funkier tone. Exploring the insecurities we all have about wanting to be accepted socially and how interactions with other humans can feel like additioning yourself to society. And I think we've all felt that to some degree. Disco Mary always serve up great music and that's just the latest example of that. Now it's time for our book recommendation and it's Joe Caulfield's The Funny Thing About Death. I'll read a little bit from the back. Stand-up comedian Joe Caulfield is about to go on stage when she finds out that her sister Annie has cancer. The funny thing about death is flippant and frank. All the things Joe's fans love her for, but this say-it-like-it-is comedian also shares her vulnerability, anger and confusion. Her bittersweet memoir of two unconventional sisters is not afraid to ask the big questions about life, death, love and loss. And it's a heart-wrenching, yet such a relatable book with Joe celebrating her sister Annie and in doing so allowing readers to consider and address their own loss and grief while keeping the memories of those who have left alive. I interviewed Joe Caulfield for the latest Snack magazine and here's just a bit from that. I asked, why did you want to write The Funny Thing About Death? It developed from a need to clear my head of all the thoughts I was having about my sister Annie. When someone dies, particularly when they die before their time, they are constantly in your thoughts. I was flooded with memories and questions, so I started writing some of it down and putting it on social media. My sister was a big influence on me, and I just felt that she was too interesting a person to die. Writing about her was a way of keeping her here. I felt that more people should know about her, should enjoy her. And how did you approach starting to write it? My sister Annie was a writer, so it made sense to include extracts from her book. It was something I could do for her that she would have wanted, to have people reading her work. So it was a mixture of what did I want to say about her, what bits of her work would help readers get to know her, and what did I want to say about myself. There are also so many funny memories from childhood and in her twenties, stories that I hadn't told in stand-up, but which felt perfect to tell in a book. And that's taken from my interview in the latest Snack magazine with Joe Caulfield, talking about her memoir, The Funny Thing About Death, which is out now published on the Polygon Books imprint of Berlin Limited. And Joe Caulfield's Edinburgh Fringe show this year is Razor Sharp, and it's at the Stand Comedy Club, Stand 3, Nearly every day in August, there's a few days off, so go online and check which dates are available, but it's at 8.15pm. And that's my book recommendation for this week. We move back to the new releases now, and this is taken from the fantastic new Mull Historical Society album. The album's called In My Mind There's a Room, and from it, this is My Bedroom Was My Rocket.
got to the stage where there is no mistaking the music and the voice of Alice Faye. That was Slice of Me and it's the latest from the EP Deadbeat which is coming soon and it's got to be one of the most eagerly awaited releases of the year. And before that you heard Mull Historical Society and My Bedroom Was My Rocket from the album In My Mind There's a Room and that's going to be a future album of the week. It's got some terrific collaborations on it with many award-winning writers, including Jennifer Clement, Liz Lockhead, Alan Warner, Sebastian Barry, Nick Hornby, Stephen Kelman, Jacqueline Wilson, Ian Rankin, James Robertson, Jackie Kay, Jason Mott, Val McDermott and Angus McIntyre. Phew. Um, it's, I've been listening to it regularly already and I can't wait to share more of it with you in future weeks. Now it's time for Ali's Comfort Break which as regulars will know it's the time in every show where we play you a track longer than those usually played on the radio and this week it's the full 6 minutes and 27 seconds of Matt Carmichael's The Faraway Ones. Thank you. 
and that was Matt Carmichael's The Faraway Ones from his excellent album Marum, which is surely a contender for this year's Scottish Album of the Year Award. It's certainly on the eligible album list. If you head over to sayaward.com, then you can see that eligible album list for yourself. Lots of great music there for you to discover. And that was Ali's Comfort Break for this week. We return to the new music next, and this is the latest from Spires, and it's called Money.
familiar It's the only melody I hear I wonder if the operator's laughing Whilst I'm sitting here with a fear That I'll be greeted by a mailbox For the hundredth time tonight But I only call you when I'm leaving And I'm lonely all the time That goes by leaves me Hanging at my wits end Maybe I'll write you a poem or a sonnet See if I can make my feelings right But only call you when I'm lonely And I'm lonely all the time tradition of country music there. I only call you when I'm lonely and I'm lonely all the time. That's just fantastic. That was the Black Denims and only call you when I'm lonely. Black Denims are a real super group of Scottish Americana. Let me describe them that way. There's country folk, bluegrass, all sorts of things going on there. They include Graham Rory, Ewan Hasty, August St Giles, Gavin Lamont, Red Canyon and Rue Geddes, all of whom play with other bands and then they come together to be the Black Denims and make such excellent music. And before that, you heard Spires and Money. Spires have gathered a reputation as one of the best live bands around today and rightly so. Don't miss them if you get the chance to see them play live. We move on now to our featured album for this week and it's Hamish Hawk's Angel Numbers and from it this is Elvis Lookalike Shadows. Back in the wretched day I was ill-shaped and clay 
and suffering didn't fit me I could stand up and sing Fidget with a shoestring And act as if you'd bruise me Just one yawn from the crowd The sun went down behind the clouds And I'd put it down To the clown with the frown Doing the sound Just then I saw the risen king Sitting in a boxing ring And he was looking at me I don't know what he was thinking But I think I saw him winking Like he's thinking of me They were dejected days Of a has-been delayed I caught the pendulums wincing I paid over the odds For my seat in the gods Could have sworn that was a good thing But now the wind kind of blows The moon sort of glows And the black cloud overhead throws Elvis look like shadows on the driven snow you know I saw the risen king sitting in a boxing ring and he was looking at me I don't know what he was thinking but I think I saw him winking like he's thinking of me They were restless days On occasion got paid Is there anyone listening? God knows I've prayed Still I'm waylaid Is there anybody listening? I saw the King of Kings, you know Live on the Ed Sullivan show He was looking at me I don't know what he was thinking But I think I saw him winking Like he's thinking of me He was risen from the tomb We're tricking in the jungle room It's just him and me I don't know what I've been drinking But I swear I saw him Today, I was ill sheep and clay. Perhaps the great Hamish Hawk and Elvis Lookalike Shadows, taken from our featured album for this week, which is Angel Numbers. And I'll play another track from it later in the show. It's time now for our TV recommendation for this week. And Earlier in the week, I was in a discussion group talking about Truman Capote's In Cold Blood, which is often called the first true crime novel. It's a mixture of the facts and fiction. Anyway, I'll talk about that nearer the time when 
it's appropriate. But it made me think about true crime and I thought I'd watch a bit of TV true crime to kind of see what's happening today as opposed to what Truman Capote was doing back in the day. So I wanted to talk about Body on the Beach, what happened to Annie, which is on iPlayer at the moment. Here's a bit more about it. How did Annie Bjorsen die? This is the question asked again and again by Annie's friends and family ever since her body was first discovered on Prestwick Beach in Scotland on the 4th of December 2005. This four-part series looks at the complex case. Quickly labelled a tragic suicide by the authorities, Body on the Beach, What Happened to Annie examines a mysterious and puzzling series of events around the death of the 30-year-old Swede who lived in Edinburgh. Fascinated by Annie's story, Scottish journalist Hazel Martin investigates. Hearing from Annie's loved ones, a range of experts and the police who first worked on the case, Hazel launches her own in-depth investigation into what really happened. And I've only watched two of the four parts so far, but it's gripping. It focuses on the victim and what happened to her, which is something we discussed when we were talking about In Cold Blood. And for me, it's kind of got the things I like about the true crime phenomenon and also the things that slightly, you know, pull me away from it. I'll leave you to make up your own mind. But it's called Body on the Beach, What Happened to Annie? And it's on iPlayer at the moment. All four episodes of the series are on iPlayer at the moment. And that's our TV recommendation for this week. You're listening to the Scots Way Show with me, Ali Braidwood. And next is another cracking new release. This is St Sappho and Backburner. i uh-huh. 
that was Glasgow's St. Sappho, multi-instrumentalist Zoe and drummer Tammy. And it puts me in mind for some reason of a kind of rockier sneaker pimps. I think it's the world weariness of the vocals that do that anyway. If you enjoyed that as much as I did, then do go out and check out more from St. Sappho. I'm looking forward to hearing more, that's for sure. And now we move on to our artist of the week, who are snows of yesteryear. In a moment, I'll be talking to Kat and David from the band after you've heard Wait by the Shore. just heard Wait by the Shore, the first track on Snows of Yesteryear's eponymous debut album. And I'm delighted to be joined by Kat and David from the band now. Hello both. 
Hello. Hello. Hello, Alistair. So first of all, what can you tell us about the tracks on the album and the album itself? Who wants to take that first? <laughs> I think that the album, we see the album as having um, an arc of, um, it's almost like one big story with stories. Yeah. Within that, um, and I think we felt that um, Wait by the Shore was a really good first track because um, it really kind of epitomised the, you know, idea of where we've taken our influence, you know, Scotland landscapes, um, history of, you know, different events. And I think the the kind of water element is mm. is a constant throughout, isn't it? So so having something that was um you know based on the coast and you know with that um real sadness um of of what the track was inspired by. Yeah, I think when we compiled the album, a lot of the lyrical content, a lot of the influence was on nature, did come from um the water, it did come from Scotland's landscapes. And when we put it all together, we probably thought that Wait by the Shore represented that most succinctly. Mm. You know, it's quite a short three minutes in and out. Um, sonically, it's got all the elements that we try and get in our music of lots of violins, lots of acoustic guitar and piano. And then um, it just felt like it was the right one to to kick it off with. And we spent a lot of time just arranging the album and trying to, trying to make it a journey that you know, I think if people go to the efforts nowadays to listen to an album all the way through, we really appreciate that. And we know it's not always the way people consume music. Um, but for those who did want to go on that journey, we just wanted to make sure it, we'd given it consideration and we wanted to put, put plenty of variation in different tracks and alter the length and the tempo and the feel. So when you listen to it as a whole, hopefully it takes you on a nice 45 minute of that 40 minutes 41 something like 41 that. 41 yep. minute journey under 45 minutes i I'm, i don't think i've asked this before it just struck me but with an album like that then is it difficult the track listing is there a lot of coming well that would fit better there or that would fit better there yeah, yeah. there was a lot of that because we were really conscious of wanting the um maybe obsessing a wee bit about the kind of stories behind the songs and yeah. the people that it was dealing with and not wanting to have anything that would really clash um, side by side, but also not wanting to have too much darkness, too much sadness, you know. So we wanted to sort of um, have a bit of variation and some highs and lows um, and make sure that it was, um, yeah, not, not staying in the one place for too long. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's something that would be you know, a treat for the ear when something maybe more upbeat comes in and then, a, you know, a quieter track that's a bit more stripped back. Um, just yeah. make sure that it was it was always going to be, you know, interesting. Yeah, I, th I think that was it. I think you, you probably can. Some bands might just put them down in the order that they fall or that they're recorded, and that works brilliantly. I think we just early on decided that we wanted to make a real conscious effort to think about the ordering. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, that's right. In terms of the tone and the feel of each song, and just the, like the instrumentation and the length of the song, and just try to make sure that as you're listening, there's always something new around the corner. Because again, we know that to ask people to to devote you know forty one 
minutes <laughs> straight um, isn't always the way people listen to music, but but for the people that do, we just wanted to make sure they got the best experience that they could. But it's very subjective as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we settled on an order that we liked, but someone else could listen and go, actually, it'd be far better if you started slow and got louder. Or, you know, there's, yeah. you cut it every single way, but we just landed on the, the plan that we liked. Yeah. I think one of the things that we thought about um, quite a lot was the endings of the songs. Um, we've got a, a good few tracks that have quite big outros. Um, so we wanted to make sure that they were um, kind of separated throughout so that it was, you know, these, I think Danny's Waltz, it's, it's almost, it's like a minute and a half or something at the end of that. Yeah. Um, so making sure that there wasn't track after track with these big long um, instrumental sections, which maybe, I don't know, were possibly a little bit self-indulgent because we got quite carried away with the arrangements of the strings and really building that atmosphere into a big kind of crescendo that we just didn't want to, didn't really want it to stop, you know, it could have <laughs> gone on and on. But um, uh, yeah, so that was an also, that was a factor as well. And if Wait by the Shore, you feel is a great opener, which I think it is, the album finishes with Rest and Be Thankful. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So why was that the one that you wanted to similarly kind of frame it? Because I'm guessing that these are two important, you know, no matter what comes in between the, the start and the end are two ones that you really want to think about. Yeah, I think it, it felt like a nice, simple message to end on. Um we had also realised in the process of recording it, it was a very stripped back recording just because of the nature of the song. We didn't load it up with too much instrumentation. And we noticed, I think it was actually a producer who pointed out, it's the only song where it's just the three members of the band doing their sort of key things, mm-hmm. singing, playing guitar, playing violin. Um, and it just felt a nice summation or a nice way to round it off both in terms of just the way it sounded it's also like Kat says we do tend to build up quite a lot of instrumentation in our tracks and you know sometimes it can sound quite quite grand in places Mm -hmm. and we felt that song might get lost if it was in the middle Mm -hmm. so thematically we just thought it fit well at the end and just in terms of the listener experience again it just sat well at the end and, and it's got a message of just sort of reminding people that it's good to sometimes be content and good to reflect on where you are and what you've got and we just thought that was a good message to leave people with I guess. There's yeah. A lot, um, there's a lot of looking back and reminiscing and um, you know overanalyzing the past in the lyrics in, in most of the songs. So this did feel like it was um there was a sense of optimism and just that kind of being being in the now and not looking back, not worrying about what's lying ahead. I, I mean it's a lovely phrase anyway, and the fact that it's got a link to real place as you talk about, you know, geography being important in the album as well. I think it kind of it really it is an excellent way of of, of ending that, considering all that's gone before. So Snows of Yesteryear as a band. Tell us a bit about it and how it kind of how you came about as a band. Well, me and Kat met each other at a gig, mm-hmm. Camera Obscura. Yep. I think it was in the QMU uh, at, at Glasgow Uni. And pretty pretty soon we realised we had this similar sort of taste in music. 
and we were both sort of playing music or we both wanted mm-hmm. to go down that road. Um, and then it wasn't, it was a while later that we, we sort of met Yuka and Yuka was just the absolutely perfect in terms of what we were open for, just, you know, loved the same type of music as us. And she was a real, like, high caliber musician mm-hmm. and she just was able to slot in and add something incredible to our songs. So with that sort of formation created, we just really knew we, we wanted to to get to our album, to make an album. And we spent you know a good amount of time crafting the songs and just getting everything the way we wanted. And it was just in this sort of lockdown period where we really decided we had to get going with it. Mm-hmm. And that's where most of the recordings have happened. So you've been working on this. Did you start working on it pre-lockdown or? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely been a, like a, a few years pre-lockdown mm-hmm. in the making for sure. Yeah. Um, some of the songs actually, I think, you know, it would have been a few years certainly mm-hmm. we're working on yeah. them. But some of them came really late and we literally were um, writing them, you know, the week before we went into the studio to record. I think things like um, Last Thing You Remember and Miles yeah. Away came really late as well. Yeah. So we're working right up until we, we set foot in the studio to to pick exactly what we wanted to go on the record. And how do you work together? How does the does it work when you approach a new song? Do you come with ideas? Is it, I mean, what's the, how does it work? I think sometimes um, it's a case of um, one of us will have a little melody or a chord progression and we'll take that as the starting point, build, you know, lyrics around that, think about a story behind the song, or sometimes, um, you know, I'll come with a set of lyrics that I've been working on, or even just some phrases that mm-hmm. I like, um, and kind of take it from there. But a lot of the, a lot of the thing, the the themes of the songs, you know, they have been based on kind of past events and um, relationships, and I think it's it's really good when you can take something that's really personal and show it to someone and say, I would like to make this into a song. Mm. And the other person gets what you're trying to say. And just having that um, kind of sensitivity to not just come in and like play really loud all the way through and just, you know, thinking about the arrangement and how to just let the story of the song um, kind of breathe and have its own space and, you know, sensitively weave the instruments around that. I think we've probably written on the album in every possible combination. I think there's probably some songs that were uh, completely written mm-hmm. by me musically and lyrically. Yeah. Then the same for Cat, and then every combination in between mm-hmm. where I've written some lyrics and Cat's put music to it, vice versa. And as Cat says, um, all the way ranging literally up to two of us sitting, picking the next word together, writing it, you know, as two people just. Um, sort of bouncing the ideas off each other yeah. and, and trying to work out where the next chord will be or the next uh, sort of motif will be in the song. So, yeah, and, and that tends to work really well. It means that nobody has the responsibility of delivering everything. Mm-hmm. And it means everyone gets to try their hand at everything as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to to do a little bit of uh, of everything creatively. And yeah. that, that seems to just be the way we, we work it. And at the end of the day, we just see what songs we've got available to us mm-hmm. and then it's just a discussion about which ones make the cut mm. and that tends to come that 
actors come pretty easily to us as well because I think yeah. we've got a similar taste. Yep, definitely. I think when it comes to, you can get really stuck in your own head as, a, I guess, a creator of anything, mm-hmm. you know, and just overthinking every little word. And, you know, I've got notepad upon notepad, boxes of notepads, where it's, you know, working and reworking songs with just the tiniest little change. Um, so it's really helpful to have somebody um, and just, you know, bounce bounce ideas off of each other. And, you know, there's there's been times where that's happened lyrically and also with working on um, chord progressions for songs where you think, actually, this needs a minor chord here. And just to take it, in, you know, a slightly kind of darker um, avenue. Yeah, it's good to have an editor that you trust who can mm. take what you're doing and say, this is the best of what you're working on. That's maybe we can put that to the side and, yeah. and that sort of collaboration works quite well. But um, yeah, I think we've just fallen into a good pattern for that. Yeah, definitely. Quite lucky in that respect. Yeah, and I think having, we both have um, logic on our computers. Mm-hmm. So it was really helpful, especially um, during lockdown when we were able to keep working on songs and send each other different versions and, you know, using virtual instruments to um, get a sense of how we're going to record the songs. Um, so we do spend a lot of time demoing songs and exploring different um, versions before we decide on on how we're, how we're going to actually record it. It's really interesting uh, talking to you. I, I think this idea of trust is obviously hugely important, particularly if they're personal songs, as you said, Kat. You need to, you know, you know, trust the people that you're showing them to or the person that you're working with. But the other thing that comes across when I listen to the songs is this idea of care. Great care seems to be taken about the music, about the lyrics, about the themes behind it, you know, the things that you obviously care about yourselves. And, uh, and yeah, it does seem to come across to me as a listener that, you know, nothing's there that you feel shouldn't be there. And I'm just wondering whether the time it's taken, I guess, partly due to lockdown, do you think this would have been a different album otherwise? Or do you think you would always have uh, reached the, the point that you have? I think it would still be what it is. I do. I think we had a, um, a clear enough vision for what we were looking to do. Um, and because we had, um, you know, kept revisiting the songs and, you know, making different changes and thinking about how um, how big we wanted them to get in places. Um, I think by the time we got into the studio, we we were pretty clear on, on what we wanted the kind of feel of each song to be like. But having, I think having um, Matty, you know, in the role of producer um, and percussion drummer, um, having that as a new, you know, compared to having a virtual drummer or yeah. programming in drums yourself. Um, that was, that just felt like a, an absolute game changer to have him and Kevin on bass. It was just all of a sudden you felt like you were in a lift that was stuck on the ground floor and all of a sudden it's just, you're like boosted up and it just, it brought them, brought the songs to life. Yeah, I think, really did. I think we are the sort of people who, Given enough time, we would just continually edit the songs yeah. and rework them, and we're quite um, 
we do get quite focused on little changes and stuff like that mm. and we could have spent another year or two easily tweaking the song so if anything lockdown was maybe just the firing gun that said you need to do things when you can do them you know yeah. so right. we need your time booked we need to move this forward quickly yeah i think like a lot of um people there was that kind of sense of i don't know kind of regretting the things that you you just should have done yeah. like why were you what were you doing putting things off and you know holding back for the right time but actually just need to go for it you know life short and have to make the most of the opportunities you've got and you know having people around you that totally get what you're trying to do um music wise and yeah. that so i think it, yeah probably you're right it, it was partly um fueled by that that point in time and what was what was going on around about us yeah i think so um yeah i think i think as well the sort of sense of isolation was a bit of a theme of the, the album as well yeah. so maybe that did help or influence some like song choices mm-hmm. things like last thing you remember do have that sort of um, yeah that, that bleaker feel so yeah. it, it maybe influenced it in that way as well and that it just it sort of set our mind to where it was mm. or it would have always roughly covered those things but I think it maybe just tipped the hand or tipped the scale a bit more in that direction I guess yeah and it's interesting how um songs can take on a new meaning you know as you, you know you can write something at a point in your life where it's very much your way of having um you know, processing what's happened and reflecting and it's almost, you know, it can be very cathartic. Um, but then a new situation can arise that, you know, makes the song even more relevant to that point in your life. Um, so I think, yeah, last thing you remember, um, a couple of others like Miles Away probably as well, just that kind of wanting to just escape and be somewhere else, be at a different point in time. Um, so yeah, I don't think there was anything that was necessarily written during lockdown. There were, you know, songs that were kind of finished off. Mm. Um, but I think like a lot of music that we all listen to now, you, you do kind of interpret it um, with things that have happened more recently. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I've spoken to a few bands and musicians where people assumed what they'd put out uh, had been a reaction to lockdown or whatever, or to covid and I said, no, I had written this five years before or I'd started this two years before or whatever. But I guess we read our lives into the stuff we listen to, the stuff we read and all of those things. And you kind of make listeners, you know, as you said yourself, you can't affect how listeners are going to uh, uh, receive it. And I think also you're saying it's there a lot of the stuff's quite personal, but it seems to me that the personal is almost what people identify with most because they you know, often these are situations that they themselves have either been through or can relate to. Yeah, and it's it's so great when you get that with a song. It really is. It's yeah, it's just magical when you hear something and you think that you just absolutely get where that person has been. You know what yeah. headspace they've been in, and just it feels uncanny that you you just feel like it's almost been written about your exact mm-hmm. situation. It's nice. It gives. I think it gives you. Uh, it, it's a less kind of lonely feeling if you're stuck in a you know a tricky place going through something hard to feel a song and know that this you know somebody else just gets where you are at that point. Uh, absolutely i think it's a hugely important thing as well 
So how do you feel now that the album's out? Do you uh, re-examine it? Being perfectionist, do you go, oh, I wish I'd tweaked that just a little bit more? <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm... I don't think I could be proud of it. Yeah, no, I think we're very happy with where we, where we got it to, yeah. definitely. Um, it, was a, it was a at times a long process, mm-hmm. um, and we really did put a lot of sweat and effort into it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but no, like, delighted with with how it sounds and absolutely everything about it. Yeah, we're so pleased. And they sound like songs to me anyway that are are, are you know are going to sound great live. So are you going to take them live? Is that the plan to take the album out or play a few gigs? Yeah, we're hoping so. We're hoping to organise a sort of mini tour in Scotland, um, and you know there'll be settings that are more suited to just having the three of us, you know, hoping to yeah. play some like nice folk clubs and kind of smaller, more intimate venues, you know, maybe places where um, there's not such a big um, kind of music scene. So that's, you know, when when gigs are put on, it's something that brings a community together um, rather than, you know, sometimes um, you're just absolutely spoiled for choice. And like Glasgow and Edinburgh, there's so much happening, um, but it'd be nice to, um, Play in places where you are really going to be part of that place and that that community um, by taking your music there. Absolutely, yeah. and there are places that I know uh, still don't get many bands visiting in comparison. Now we get more than used to, but there's still that thing, and people just are really wanting the live experience, whether it's music or something else. It's absolutely vital. Definitely. I think we want to try to do the the music as it sounds played by the three of us. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're also going to try, if we can, to see if there's a way we can try and reproduce the album in full live. But we're conscious that's a bit tricky just because the amount of instrumentation we, yes. pi- we piled on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we would need to each be, certainly Yuka would have to be cloned quite a few times. Yeah, um, in order to get all those violin yeah. parts. Yeah. Um, and I think there maybe need to be at least three of each of the us. two of us yeah. as well yeah, so um yeah i've got some um some planning to do for that but yeah certainly for just the three of us i think it'll be, it'll be really nice looking forward to it and hoping to get i'd really like to get some of the islands yeah. um up north i just oh, i love the highlands um so that's an absolute yeah, uh, must well when you do have any dates do let me know and i will let the listeners know all about it David and Kat, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I think it's a great record. I really do. I've really been enjoying listening to it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And this is Snows of Yesteryear and Miles Away.
And that was Snows of Yesteryear and Miles Away. And thanks again to Kat and David for taking the time to have a chat. This is the Scots Wahey Show on Cam Glen Radio with me, Ali Braidwood. And next is a pure pop song. This is Rachel Rien and Orange Tree. Yeah. 
that's just gorgeous. That is the orange trees and a moment with the moon. The orange trees are vocalist Rue Marie and guitarist Michael Steele, and I believe they're working on a debut album at the moment. And before the orange trees, you heard Rachel Rien and Orange Tree. We don't just throw this show together, you know. Now it's time for our podcast suggestion for this week. And every now and again, I like to remind you that as well as doing this radio show, there is a Scots We Hey podcast as well. And the most recent one is part one of our Edinburgh Fringe Festival specials. And here's some guy introducing it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Scots We Hey podcast. And this is part one of our Edinburgh Fringe Festival's specials. Later on, I'll be talking to choreographer Katie Armstrong about her show's sketches and glisk. I'll be talking to musicians Andrea Baker and Howard Moody about tales of transatlantic freedom. And I'll also be talking to Selene Weinachter about her show After All. But first of all, I caught up with Raymond Wilson to hear all about I Hope Your Flowers Bloom. Yeah, and that was me introducing part one of our Edinburgh Fringe Festival specials. Of course, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and all things Edinburgh Festival is on at the moment. All the links and details and everything are over at scottswahey.com so you can go over there and buy tickets and learn more about all of those shows and what's going on in Edinburgh. But you'll find the podcast, you'll find that at scotswahey.com, but also wherever you get your podcasts from. And that, in a slightly self-congratulatory way, is our podcast suggestion for this week. Another beautiful new release next. This is Rosie H. Sullivan and Fragments. You have got a hold on me I have lost my senses out at sea Your love 
atmospheric songs there. First of all, it was Rosie H. Sullivan and Fragments, which has got some beautiful strings on it, adding to what's already a terrific song. Rosie herself says that the inspiration for the song was struck during a ferry ride from Stornoway to Ullapool after her first visit to the island since her family left when she was a teen. The track serves as an ode to the profound love and appreciation she feels for this remarkable part of the world, evoking a strong sense of nostalgia and portraying her everlasting bond with the Hebrides. And I think you can feel that emotion and that passion in the song. And just there, you heard Karsik Charlie and Three Months, which is taken from the EP Angel, a fantastic EP Angel, which is out now. We return to our featured album now, which is Hamish Hawk's Angel Numbers. And from it, this is the title track. Shall be angel numbers, stitches in your wedding dress, divorce papers, and visions of your death. Let's nest in an eggshell Darling, my mind's on a living edge I've been known to backtrack I've been known to sleepwalk over Firing ranges And I spent all 
cadence Let's put this kid to bed I'm fainting in an empty home Strained under the dead's eye They say the magic word is mortgage Imagine, let's sign a Latin Life and death pledge Be cast aside, mama be mystified I wish I could say, to me it matters none Who's game for a game of heaven and hell? Jesus and the Jezebel Dying daffodils, engraven images I've been known to backtrack I've been known to sleep talk Would you prefer to be hunted? Would you prefer to think of me as prey? What of the suicides? What of the childless brides? What of the undecided sons? The ties they bind, the times they tried And that was Hamish Hawk and Angel Numbers, the title track from our featured album for this week, which is Hamish Hawk's Angel Numbers. And there's a touch of the dig, Lazarus dig, on that track. In fact, on the whole album, there's a real kind of Nick Cave feel about it. If you want to know more about Hamish Hawk, head over to hamishhawk.com where you can pick up a rather natty tea towel among the merchandise. For me, Hamish Hawk is just one of the great songwriters we have at the moment and should be cherished as such. The album Angel Numbers is just fantastic, as many of you will know. But if you don't, then check out the full album. It'll be well worth your while. Now it's time for a pick of the gigs for the week ahead. And of course, as I mentioned earlier... The festival season in Edinburgh has begun, so you can fill your boots in August in Edinburgh, absolutely, including at Sneaky Pete's on Tuesday the 8th of August. Canongate and Hospital Corner will be appearing as part of the Central Belters series of gigs. Through in Glasgow on Wednesday the 9th, the Yummy Fur are at the Hug and Pint as the Endless Summer gigs continue. On Friday the 11th at King Tut's Wawa Hut, Chef the Rapper is appearing. And on Saturday the 12th at Cafe Drummond in Aberdeen, local band Virtues will take the stage. And next Sunday, a week tonight, at McCool's in Glasgow, Voodoo's are playing. McCool's, one of my favourite venues. The fact I used to live right across from it has nothing to do with that. And that's our pick of the gigs for the coming week. Now, I think we've only got time for a quick one before we go, but it's short and sweet. This is Daisy Harris and Butterfly High. (laughs) 
leave me aside like a deer on the track. Give me a minute, it'll come back. Believe me aside, was it you on the track? Mm, I said, turn the headlights back. And you heard Daisy Harris and Butterfly High, which is taken from the EP Fish Tank, which is out now. And I think that's one of the best things I've heard this year. I just love it. And you'll have noticed I was also able to squeeze in the latest single from Rachel Sermani, which could never be thought of as a bad thing. It's called Killer Line, and it's the second single from Dreamer Awake, her forthcoming album coming out later this year on Navigator Records. And that's all, folks, for another week. You've been listening to the Scots Hay Show, and I've been Ali Braidwood, and I hope something has piqued your interest enough to investigate further. If you missed any of the show or would like to listen again, go to camglenradio.org forward slash listen again or head to scotswahey.com where all the old shows are waiting for you and a whole lot more. Next on Cam Glen is Paul Puppet with The Spangled Show, but I'll be back here next Sunday evening at 7 o'clock and I hope you can join me then. I'll leave you with an old favourite of Scotswahey's. This is Eugene Twist and it's down to you. Take care. Have a great week, and I'll see you soon. I will be the best friend I can be Maybe not a paragon of selfless charity but a listener until there is nothing left to spell. You may sentence these ears to the triumphs and the tears. And as for this prisoner of useless secrecy, when you're feeling this way, it's down to Of all the answers you may ask of me But if you stick a coin in the wishing well Then I can raise you to a three And if my pocket's empty fast Or that coin don't make a splash You should only
medicine is dead To savor the moment and not some eulogy When you're feeling this way It's down to Sorrow you conceal. How can you hold to live a teardrop? You said you left it there for me. I stumbled on your ass. And it's not always easy looking through When the words are haunted by The ghost of a silence you're shackled to I can sense that moving on Is the comfort that could pay too long Before it's all too late Shed the blame and clean the slate It ain't worth the worrying Everyone has this But they have to confide So it's not left inside Why should you be? Why should you be? It's down to you Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. Cam Glen Radio, community announcements. NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde have created a new online resource to help anyone who is recovering from COVID-19, giving you tips from what staff have learned from helping people recover both at home and in hospital. You can find the guide by going to nhsggc.org.uk. If you're an LGBT person, the LGBT helpline is still open Tuesdays and Wednesdays between midday and 9pm. Call 0300 123 2523 between those times or access a live chat anytime by visiting lgbthealth.org.uk. And finally, if you're still having to work from home, the Scottish Association for Mental Health have some tips to help you look after your well-being. Go to the website samh.org.uk for hints and tips to looking after your health and well-being. I'm David Cuthbertson and that's your community announcements on Cam Glen Radio. 
If you have an event or activity happening in Rutherglen or Cambus Lang, let us know. Email whatson at camglenradio.org or for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local.